Welcome into the Shots Aside podcast. Uh, first off, I want to thank all of our listeners who followed us over the past year. It truly means a lot to all of us here at Shots Aside. Um, one of the main reasons we started doing episodes on the NBA is just how passionate and devoted we are to giving you all kind of a different spin on how you consume your NBA news and information. Um, this sport personally has consumed me and many of you. Uh, and for me, ever since my middle school, high school, and collegiate days of playing the sport, whether it's the long agonizing practices, the hard work that put that you have to put in in the off season, or if it's the exciting moments in AAU when you're putting up 36, 40 points, being ranked 21st in the state of Minnesota, and then also just playing the game in general with your companions that bond you. Uh, in a way that is, you know, just so grounded in the fundamentals of creating a strong relationship through sport that has progressed me into following this great game. Um, this statement and the chain of events that I followed have kind of led me to a greater understanding of the game. But I think most importantly, or most important thing uh, after my playing days, allowing me to be a sponge of the NBA has helped me, and I'm sure many of you find another way of consuming the game you grew up loving. Uh, getting into the NBA journey, it all started when I was around the age of eight, watching players like Ray Allen, with um, who was my all-time favorite shooter, or you know, the back half of Tracy McGrady's career, especially that crazy 13 points in 33 seconds against the Spurs uh, in one of the wildest comebacks I've ever witnessed it by one player alone. Then you have, of course, LeBron James, who came into the league the same year in 2003-04 season and instantly became my favorite player of all time. And just witnessing his you know, amazing talent through the highs and lows, not knowing what incre- incredible play would come next. Um, it's truly incredible that what he's done on and off the court. For example, you know, he's a top scorer, uh, in NBA history, even though people don't really realize, you know, his ability as an elite passer, elite defender in his prime, um, and ha- how that contributed to the teammates he had, uh, highlighted by you know eight straight finals finals appearances from 2011 to 2018. Although there were players that had me hooked into the NBA, there was one team that truly linked me to basketball forever. Being from Minnesota, the struggle is truly there when it comes to winning basketball. But when it's going well, the fandom here is truly a spectacle to watch and to be a part of. This team was the 2003-2004 Minnesota Timberwolves, with players including Kevin Garnett, Sam Cassell, Latrell Sprewell, and Wally Zerbiak. They also had a coach you may have heard of, uh, former coach of the Bulls, Fred Hoiberg, uh, the one and only standout artist, Troy Hudson of Nutty Boys Entertainment. Um, I had to include that one a little bit because uh, I believe he had like 86 downloads on his on his record or his first album. Um, and then, of course, they also had Gary Trent, who many Minnesotans, uh, Raptors fans, and NBA fans may know of from his son, Gary Trent Jr., who currently plays for Toronto Raptors. Um, seeing this team make it to a Western Conference Finals was the highlight of my childhood and escalated my passion for the sport. I truly hope you all can share your love of the game with us as we love stories and anything that deals with the game of basketball. I mean, maybe further on, we'll even read some a few of them on air or share your stories. 
Uh, so if you want to share, please feel free to send your stories to our Gmail account at shottheside at gmail.com. Once again, I want to thank you all for your continued support over the past year, and I hope we can deliver entertainment and truthful, truthful content for years to come. But with that being said, let's jump into our special one-year anniversary episode dealing with playoff projections. We'll talk about uh, the NCAA tournament, possible players that are going to come out of the draft, and then we'll end this show with um, talking about fantasy basketball. Welcome back to the Shot Side Podcast. I'm your host, Alex, joined by Matt today. Um, we had some technical difficulties on our last podcast. That was actually supposed to be our one-year anniversary. So um, we're actually going to celebrate it today. So, Matt, happy one-year anniversary of the podcast. Thank you to all our fans for the continued support. Um, we really do appreciate it. Um, make sure to follow us on any of... Our social media platforms, like and follow if you enjoy the content. Um, and then send us some questions, comments, concerns to our Gmail account at shotside at gmail.com. Um, but Matt, moving right into the episode, um, I kind of want to get into just the playoff scenarios. Uh, I know Philly, I believe Philly just clinched a playoff spot. Maybe not. Maybe they have to wait for the Heat to lose one. But um, there's a bunch of teams that are kind of, kind of for Sherlock's in my eyes. Um, but the thing going forward that I kind of want to focus on is kind of looking at the schedules remaining. So most teams looking at it have around anywhere from 11 to 13 games left in the regular season. Um, looking at the easiest schedules remaining, um, first is Cleveland. They're one of the rare teams that only has nine games left. Um, but, you know, teams they have left to play are, you know, the Knicks, Nets twice. They got to play the Hawks, Magic twice, and then Rockets, Hornets, and Pacers. So um, pretty easy schedule for Cleveland. Um, just looking at the standings real quick, Cleveland's in that four spot. Right now, as it sits, they're... Four and a half games back of Boston, who's, you know, Boston's been on a kind of a losing streak in the last 10 games. They're five and five. Um, kind of had a weird game against the Timberwolves um, that they got helped out with by the refs. Um, but um, your thoughts on just like, do you think Cleveland could, uh, could jump up? Maybe and take over that three spot, or maybe even the two spot, because they're tied with Boston's tied with Philly for that two spot. Um, in my eyes, I just don't. I know Cleveland has an easy schedule, but um, and another team, the 76ers, has a you know a little bit harder schedule. But I think both the Sixers and Boston have 12 games left. Just um, looking at it, yeah, I mean. Your, your thoughts, do you think Cleveland could jump up or are they kind of locked in at that four spot? Um, You know, just looking at their, their final schedule, I, I think it definitely could be a possibility to pass uh, Philly. I don't think that they'd pass the Celtics. Um, they kind of, 
kind of depends because they play each other too. Those um, it, Philly plays the Celtics, so that'll kind of determine it between those two. I, um, I'm not sure what the tiebreaker is between them. They've probably played at least twice already, if not three times. So that could be the tiebreaker. Um, you talking about Philly but, and Boston? Yeah, Philly and Boston. But from Cleveland's standpoint, I mean, just on paper, like their their schedules. Um, pretty darn easy they got the rockets hornets magic twice uh pacers and hawks and then teams that are considered strong teams that they have left are the knicks and the nets twice which i mean the nets aren't aren't a bad team but um they're certainly not like the best team either so that's definitely a i mean there's a scenario where i could see them for sure going like seven and two at um if not even better than that, if they, if everybody's playing, I mean, I guess some of it depends on if Jared Allen's back. I know he's missed, uh, I believe the last three games, if I'm not mistaken with, um, well, I want to say like an eye injury or something like that, or a laceration or something like that. Yeah. I'm sure Um, they're just holding him out for now, just to make sure that he's healthy and ready to go for the playoffs. Um, especially with this easy schedule. Cautious. Right. Um, but then uh, looking at Philly's schedule, like they play the Bucks, the Celtics, the Nuggets, Phoenix, the Heat. Like those aren't easy games by any stretch. And then even their supposed easy easy opponents are the Bulls twice, which they you'd think that'd good. be easy. But they're fighting for their playoff life, so like every game's kind of like a playoff game for them. Um, and then also like same for the Raptors, and that's one of their teams. So like. There is a scenario where like the where Philly could go like six and six or something like that, and then because uh, I think that they're separated by like four games right now, it looks like or three and a four and a half. So they'd probably you have mean to Cleveland go Cleveland and Philly. Yeah, Cleveland and Philly. So they'd have to go yeah four and a half right now. I mean, it's it's definitely unlikely, but. If, if there was a team, I, I feel like it would be more likely to be Philly that they would pass than the Celtics, just because yeah. the Celtics' schedule is a little bit easier. Um, yeah, well, here's here's the thing, you yeah. know, because, I mean, Philly's on an eight-game win streak right now. Joel Embiid is looking like definitely a front-runner for MVP. We definitely talked about him on our last podcast, but, um, you know, the, I think Philly, even with this tough schedule, you know, Bucks could go either way. Celtics, I feel like they could beat the Celtics right now. Nuggets uh, have been struggling. Basically, the entire Western Conference has struggled. Um, that being the Suns as well. Um, Heat, I, I think they beat the Heat unless you know Miami has one of those games. Uh, Nets is a, I, I'd say a for sure win. Um, Bulls have been playing better. They're on a two-game win streak. Six out of their last ten have been wins. Um, so, you know, maybe you split those or win both. Uh, and then Raptors and Hawks aren't, you know, a shoe in either, uh, as those two teams are both fighting for the playoffs as Atlanta's eighth seed, Toronto's ninth seed. So, um, I, I'm, but I mean, just the way Philly's been playing recently, everything tells me and points to the way of, of them, you know, making it as that, that second seed, even if Boston goes on you know, a nice run here going forward. But um, do you feel more comfortable 
in the playoffs, you know, if you're Philly or Boston. I think right now I I feel better with Philly just with you know, Joel Embiid, how well he's playing. Maxie's been playing great off the bench. Um, he might be starting again now. I'm not sure. Um, and then James Harden, I think, uh, has been a lot better um, than he was last year. Granted, he came over in that trade with with uh, the Nets. So this is kind of his first year, and he's, you know, he's looking pretty well. Yeah, I mean, right now, just uh, I feel more confident about his than Boston just because I mean it, it still kind of seems a little shaky with Robert Williams um he re- really hasn't been like back consistently for a, like a long like stretch of time like he's kind of been periodically playing throughout the year um and that's kind of concerning because I, I think um I personally don't think that they're gonna do um that they could make the finals again this year without Robert Williams I think with teams like Philly and um, the Bucks, I think you can you need somebody like Robert Williams in there who can defend the paint at a high level and um, really just be that defensive anchor that like they'll desperately need in uh, certain scenarios. Because I mean, Blake Griffin hasn't been bad. He's been um, he's obviously not as athletic anymore, so he can sit in the paint and take twenty charges a game. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, but, you don't wa- you don't want him starting in a playoff situation, though, or not starting, yeah, but even but coming off the bench. You really don't want that. And then, I mean, Horford, he does a good job, um, but he's not like a, a not def- the shot blocker. He's a good, or he's a decent defender. Um, he's a good perimeter defender for bigs, but um, really, just Robert. I mean, Robert Williams is uh, close to being like, I mean, if not an all defensive player, like. Not defense of the year, but like could be on a defense all defensive team. Um, he certainly looked like it last year at times. Um, just injuries have been just nagging constantly for him, which has been tough. Uh, but Philly looks a lot more well rounded right now. I'd say like outside of uh, Tatum and Brown, like that's like the bulk of their um, like whole team there, pretty much. I mean, not they do get some good efforts from Derek White sometimes and from Brogdon. Um, but Smart's been bad lately. Um, whereas, like, Philly, like, Harden's been pretty consistent throughout the whole year. I mean, Embiid's playing just, like, unreal right now. Like, he's just been on another level. Um, and then you got uh, a defense guy like Melton, who he had started at times. Sometimes they start maxi, kind of interchange what they need, defense or offense, between those two. Um, you got P.J. Tucker, who's kind of an enforcer and can D up too. So I think they just match up with a lot of teams well. Um, and I think just their overall versatility is probably better at this point in the, the year. But my, my only quarrel with uh, Philly is that we haven't seen it yet in the playoffs. So, like, it's tough to – Right, uh, like Embiid's never been out of the second round, so like I just pray that Embiid stays healthy for once um, in the playoffs. Because that even last year, like unfortunately, he, he got hit in the I think he got hit in the face by Siakam or something, um, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah. Um, and then he had that his knee was bothering him a little bit too last year. But uh, so I just hope he stays healthy for the playoffs and we get to see. Um, just healthy teams going at it. It's kind of kind of sucks seeing like big guys miss um, 
miss key games because you know, as an NBA fan, like we just want to see the best go at it. But that'd be my take on the, the top of the Eastern Conference there. Right. You used a key word right there. You said versatility for Philly, and I think that's a great way to describe them. Um, I think besides them, I'd say Sacramento. Uh, them and Sacramento have been probably two of the healthiest teams all year, which has really helped uh, both of those teams. But, um, you know, you did mention that Philly hasn't really proved in the playoffs. I would kind of disagree a little bit with that because, you know, you had that Toronto C- series, you know, with Kawhi hitting that miraculous shot. If that just doesn't go in, you know, there's a chance Philly's moving on. Um, but yeah, you could still make that argument because they still have to prove to us that they can get to a conference finals and get, get to a finals in general. Um, but mainly speaking on Boston real quick, um, I think I just, I don't know what the coaching's going on. Like, I'm just baffled at some of the lineups that they're putting out there, like, you mentioned Derek White. Derek White's not even playing fourth quarters, really. It's mainly it's mainly been like Brogdon, Smart, Brown, Tatum, and Horford as a lineup. And it on paper, that sounds like a great lineup. It just hasn't worked. Um, Jalen Brown, I have nothing bad to say about, about him in like the last five, ten games. He's, or I should say this month, he's been playing outstanding. But um, I'm a little worried about Tatum right now. I don't know if they're just hoping to get that three seed so that they can potentially play somebody else and then but and then maybe play Philly in the second round but it doesn't really make a lot of sense I'm you know Tatum in the last five games has had three out of his five plus minuses be negative which isn't great uh, his last game against Utah negative 13 plus minus 15 points on four of 12 shooting. Uh, the game before that, 34 points, but on 8 of 12, or 8 of 20 shooting. Um, still not great. 4 of 16 against Minnesota, 8 of 22 against Houston. And that loss to Houston, which was a big one, that, I mean, if you're Boston, you can't you can't be losing to Houston any time during the season, uh, especially now, later in the season, when you need those wins. Um, I'm, I'm really worried about Boston and and. Um, you know, going into the regular season, even at the halfway point, a little bit after the halfway point, I thought this was, you know, the top dog in the East, even with Milwaukee and Phillies. And now I'm, now I'm kind of questioning that pick. And I mean, Milwaukee's playing good. Um, they got, I mean, same with Philly, like those top three teams, Philly, Boston, and Milwaukee. I mean, all of them are versed up versatile um with the players that they have but i think i think it it's philly and milwaukee that i see potentially in that in that eastern conference there is that is that something you would agree with or is you still believe in boston maybe making it to an eastern conference finals or maybe cleveland Um, i don't know yeah i mean i believe in boston a lot more if if robert williams is back uh i think he makes that much of a difference just on the defensive end um so i I would be confident in boston if he comes back uh but otherwise other than those three i i would say uh i don't know i mean 
the thing about uh, Cleveland is like we've seen Donovan Mitchell do some pretty good things in the playoffs um, with what I would consider a worse team uh, than that Cavs team. So I, I think that they are kind of a dark horse a little bit. Um, they got this. Do you- the size do you and the think it's because of the Western up. Conference, though, with Donovan Mitchell? Like, do you think he's going to have the same kind of, you know, ability in the Eastern Conference? Because, I mean, I look at it as East is more defensive and West is more offensively. Um, do you think he'll still have that success, though? Uh, I mean, it's tough to say. I mean, he scored 70 points in the, when he's in the East um, in a regular season so, game. So it's not so, all about defense in the the uh, East, but I just think it, it's more of a like his supporting cast is better. Like it's like can guys like Darius Garland and Evan Mobley step up? Because I, I think Donovan Mitchell's. I think he's just a gamer. I think he's a guy that can keep you in games and hit big time shots at in certain situations. Whereas like with certain team, like like Philly for example, like I don't know if I for sure trust. Um, them to make big time shots like I would Donovan Mitchell like I don't know if I trust Harden more than I do Mitchell um, which is I know I know that could be a debatable thing like I'm sure people will have their quarrels with that um, but we just haven't really like I don't know we haven't seen it in the playoffs yet and I feel like we have seen it a little bit with Donovan Mitchell um, not consistently like he, he was never like taking him to the finals or anything like that but I think there's just the East is kind of outside of Milwaukee. The East has like three teams that are like trying to prove themselves and show that they can make it further than they have in the past um, with teams like the Cavs, Philly, um, and then even like the Knicks, obviously like the Celtics, um, the Bucks, and the Heat are all kind of those proven teams that have been there. Um but I mean, besides Milwaukee, none of them have, have won either. So this right. is kind of like a prove it year in the East a little bit. Is like who who actually has has the ability to make it with this current core of their teams to get to the finals and to not only get to the finals but show that they can take down like a, a veteran team like the Warriors or whoever makes it. Uh, though I mean, the West. I, I don't think the Warriors would make it without Wiggins, but. The West has other veteran teams too. Like I would consider uh, the Lakers a nice veteran team. If uh, LeBron came back, like they would be a, a hell of a team to have to play in in any series. Um, and even if you talk about teams that are actually up there, like I feel like the Clippers have championship experience just because they have Kawhi on their team. <laughs> championship? Um, well, I mean, they got one player. That's well, one player, but they've also they also have players that have played in the playoffs and gone decently far in the playoffs. Like Norman Powell won a championship with the Rock or with the um, Raptors. Raptors and and I mean, Russell Westbrook. I mean, he's won some playoff series. He's been to conference finals with uh, the Thunder back in the day. So I mean, they have experience. Um, Eric Gordon's been to Western Conference Finals. Um, yeah. It's it's more just like which team can sh- kind of show that they're like the new era a little bit because I, I I do kind of feel like the Warriors without Wiggins I I I, I don't think they're going to make it that far in the playoffs so I think no, it kind of they're not going anywhere gonna, without Wiggins 
Yeah, I, and I kind of think this is a moment where like a team, a new team can step up and show that like we're here and we're here to stay, kind of type thing. Like this is like the perfect year to kind of like assert your dominance on the league. Right. My opinion. Yeah. I mean, personally, I think whoever comes out of the Eastern Conference is probably going to win the finals. I don't. I don't trust Denver right now. I don't trust anybody in that Western Conference. Um, Even a healthy Phoenix. That's the thing. They got to be healthy too. And then even then, you know, they've only played what one or two games with KD on the roster. So, I mean, yeah, from what it's looking like, he still has what another week or two left. That brings you to maybe him playing maybe the final game or two of the regular season. And then you're jumping you know, you get a little break to practice a little bit, but then you're right into the thick of things of, you know, playing, you know, I think they're what? Are they the fifth seeds? They'd probably play, who is it? They would, fourth seed right now, so they would play the Clippers, and that's just, that's a tough matchup right off the bat. First round, KD's just coming back, and you have to play Kawhi Leonard, Paul George in that game. Um, but, I mean, yeah. th- this is a good segue, though. I, w- I want to talk about this after the break. Um, we'll get in. We'll dive deep into the Western Conference. Um, maybe not the favorite con- conference right now or the best conference right now, but definitely the most interesting conference as in uh, how close everything is and how much it could shift, especially with the schedule coming up. But uh, we'll be right back with the Western Conference. All right, Matt. So jumping into the Western Conference real quick, I mean, everything's kind of jumbled up a little bit. Uh, Denver's four games up on Sacramento and Memphis. You have kind of a pile of teams between the four seed and the 12 seed, which is the Pelicans at the 12 seed, 13 and a half games back. And then you have Phoenix, nine and a half games back. So. Um, just a four-game difference between the four and twelve seeds, which makes it really interesting when you look at the scheduling because um, a team that's in it, the Utah Jazz, they're the eleventh seed right now. Um, it's going to be a tough road for them. Second hardest schedule um, left. You know they get the Bucks, Celtics, Nuggets. Got to play the Kings twice. Uh, then they got to play the Suns, Nets, Lakers twice, Blazers, Spurs, and Thunder. Um, in that 12-game span, I see them, you know, maybe beating the Thunder, probably beating the Spurs, Blazers, maybe splitting one with the Lakers, and then possibly a win with the Nets. But all the rest of them, um, especially with the injuries that Utah's gone through, the ups and downs, uh, especially this uh, second half, it's not looking that great for for a team like uh, Utah. But um, even you know, even teams like the Suns, which is the fourth hardest schedule, Denver is the fifth hardest schedule. Um, Clippers have the eleventh hardest schedule. Um, there's a lot of these teams, um, you know, in the thick of things in the West that are, are going to have a tough schedule going going further. Um, I want to get into OKC though. OKC is the second easiest schedule left with some of their hard teams, harder teams being 
you know, the Grizzlies, Suns, um, they'll play the Clippers twice, Golden State once, and then a bunch of easy games with Detroit, Hornets, Pacers, Blazers, Jazz, and Lakers. Um, I see a real opening for this OKC team to possibly be, you know, as it sits right now, they're the they're the they're the A seed um, right now, just a half game up on Minnesota and the Lakers. Um, Matt, do you think there's opportunity for Shea to possibly lead this team uh, to a play-in situation, or maybe get into that seven-six seat? Yeah, I mean, I think just even just looking at their schedule, I think there's certainly like a possibility that they could even end up stealing like the sixth seed or something like that, or even the, the fifth seed um, if they can keep like if Shea plays and they keep doing well because I mean their schedule is favorable and then you got teams like Phoenix who has one of the hardest schedules left fourth hardest um and then Dallas I mean we don't know when Luka's gonna come back and Kyrie has his foot um injury too so I'm not sure if he's gonna be playing back-to-backs um or maybe just periodically sitting out games um depending on seems like he can play through the foot injury a little bit just because he did play the other night um but we're not quite sure how it's gonna go with that um but i mean they're kind of coming back too yeah i don't think we know yet i mean he's gonna be out this their upcoming game here so um i i mean there's not that many they do have an easier schedule though season two um yeah, they, they have an easier schedule. I think playing Charlotte twice, uh, the Spurs and the Pacers are four games that they need to win at least three of those games. Um, that would be helpful. But I think just like with how close the standings are right now, like like they're what uh, three games behind Phoenix right now, and Phoenix has a, a brutal schedule. Um, they have no depth either because they traded away all their depth in the KD trade. Um, so like when guys like Aiton or Chris Paul or anybody sits, like, I mean, it's, it's very noticeable, um, when those guys sit, um, and they, they play Denver twice. They play Phoenix or, uh, not Phoenix, Philly, um, once the Kings, the Clippers, the Lakers twice, the T-Wolves, the Thunder, the really the only like give me game could be the against the spurs because i wouldn't even call the jazz a give me game because well you, uh, you'd hope those you'd hope those two would be a gimme though like the jazz i know well i mean definitely the spurs and then jazz the way they're playing i mean we don't know yeah. if laurie marketing's playing every game too so i mean yeah maybe you chalk that up as a possible gimme game too or maybe not a gimme game but a, you gotta have it game yeah, it's definitely you got to have a game. Like, you just never know. Like, Utah's up by 20 right now on Sacramento, and they don't even have marketing. So, uh, you just never know with these kind of games. Utah's kind of just one of those gritty teams, especially. I'm not sure if the game's home or away, but Utah plays very well at home. Um, they got a ho- good home crowd, and um, I would say yeah, it's definitely it's at a game. home. Look, it's second quarter right now, but. 
Yeah, I'm not saying that they're gonna blow them out. I'm just saying like they are right now, and right. that's without marketing. And you you just never know with a team like Utah. Like they they're a type of team that can get hot um, from three. Mm-hmm. They play good defense. Um, you just never know. Like the Western Conference is just so tough. Like without the really like the thing with Phoenix is like if if Booker doesn't go off like they don't have a whole ton of scoring options like even when he did go off that does go off like he scored 40 points and losses um and that's that's tough like you just don't have a ton of like bench scoring right now with from Phoenix when guys are out especially like when like Aiden was just out on Sunday I think it was um yesterday was out and it's just super noticeable because they, they really don't have, like, uh, like the best bench in the world, which is – Right. It's going to be tough for them. Um, for sure. But, I mean, obviously they have a good starting lineup when everybody's healthy. But just in terms of seeding, like, it would not surprise me at all if uh, the Thunder straight out made it or, at the, at the very least, I think the Thunder are going to make the play in because, like, Ants hurt right now. Um you never know when LeBron's going to come back. Um, so that's makes it shaky there a little bit. Um, I just feel like Gold, Utah, Golden State's Utah, going through their um, own stuff. Yeah, I just feel like OKC, like, I would be surprised if they didn't get at least the 10th seed. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. But, but I mean, yeah. you, lo- you look down this Western Conference right now. I mean, Denver, Denver's been... They've been dealing with some injuries throughout the year. Jamal Murray's not playing the best right now. Um, granted, Michael Porter Jr. is looking really nice. Um, Sacramento's been a, one of those few teams that I mentioned with Philly that's been pretty healthy all year. Memphis, you had the whole John Morant situation, which he is coming back. Um, do you know which game he's coming back, by the way? Uh, they're planning for a Wednesday of this week. Um, okay. You know, like, some more unfortunate news that, like, just happened, too, was uh, Dylan Brooks just got his 18th technical, so he's going to be suspended for another game now. So, um, <laughs> just, I love like, it. stuff like that. I love it how Draymond gets, gets his 16th, and then Dylan Brooks picks up his. I mean, it's. This is the, the second whole, game he'll be the suspended. The whole drama with them. But. Yeah, yeah I mean. We should we should talk about that a little bit. Uh, just like the chatter between Golden State and Memphis has just been so fun to watch. Just because I, I just hope that they get a playoff series against each other because it, it might be a one sided in the regular season a little bit here with Memphis uh, winning most of the games. But I, I feel like a playoff series between the two would be pretty fun to watch, and there would be no shortage of trash talk between the two teams <laughs> for sure. I mean, Golden State would have to win some games here to finish out the season because I think they're half game back of Dallas, which is a sixth seed. So, I mean, which Dallas isn't? Dallas has their own injury issues along with along with Golden State, um, Minnesota. You mentioned Lakers. You mentioned, but um, going through this Western Conference, I want to do like a little game right now and try to figure out if we can predict who's going to be the eight teams after the play-in game for the Western Conference. Um, I think we can probably both agree that Denver's going to be the one seed, right? Yeah. Yep, two seed. Him, right. Two seed. 
is probably between Sacramento and Memphis. Um, you know what? I with mean, Ja coming back, I think the Memphis is going to get it. Right. That's what I'm thinking, too. I'm thinking now that Ja's back, um, serving his, what was it, eight-game suspension when he... I mean, he already served six games, so he, he basically had to serve a two-game suspension, which you said will be up on Wednesday, which he'll be back. Um, with him back, I think that it's it's probably Memphis going to be the two-seed, which means Sacramento's going to be the three-seed. Um, Four-seed, are you... Four-seed, you feel good I'm, with Phoenix? I'm probably going to go Clippers on the four-seed. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that too. I think they've been hot lately. Well, they're five and five in the last ten. Ten, same as Phoenix, but I mean, but four and one in the last five. Right, you would think closer towards the end of the year that maybe Kawhi would start to play some back-to-backs or something, but that hasn't been the case. <laughs> yeah, just want to make it to the playoffs with him. I guess so. So, all right, we'll take we'll take Clippers in that four seed. That means probably Phoenix five seed. Yeah, Phoenix five seed. And then this is where it gets a little trouble. The six through eight seed is going to be a little bit difficult to kind of figure out. Um, let's see here. I mean, would you put? It all depends on the Luka injury and then also Kyrie's foot injury if Dallas can hold on to that six seed, honestly. Yeah, that's, that's why it's kind of tough to say because like if, if they do come back, I'd for sure mark them for the six seed. Right. I mean, I, I'm really considering putting OKC possibly in that six seed. I know it would be a bold call, but with their easy schedule and... <laughs> I was actually thinking that too. Should we do it? Put uh, put OKC in that six spot. I mean, I would do it. I, I feel like uh, they've kind of been uh, like Golden State's been shaky, and so has Dallas lately. Right. Okay. Yeah, we'll put OKC in that six spot. Uh, seven C. So now we're getting the play-in tournament. So that I mean, out of the two play-in tournament teams, who do you who do you think is going to make it out of that? Um, so then it'd be I'd Dallas probably say, versus Golden State. Right? Yeah. Yep. Um, and I'd well, imagine no Dallas Luke would be, would be at back C- Dallas. That. Or oh, yeah, OKC. I thought we were putting OKC. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so between Dallas, Dallas Golden, I think Minnesota is not going to make it, um, especially with uh, the cat news and whatnot. Um, I did get an update though um, that Steph Curry just had a knee injury. Um, it says he's going to return to Monday's game, um, which for listeners, it'll be yesterday's game. So you're, you'll already probably know what uh, the news is on Steph's um, injury that made him leave. But um, hopefully it's nothing too serious. That would just be an absolute killer if, if Steph got injured as well. Yeah, it looks like he already did return. Right. Yeah, so... OKC in that six spot, seven seed. I mean that seven eight seed. I think it's between Golden so State. It, it, it'd be between Golden State and Dallas. Like they'd be playing head to head in the play-in um, for that seed. 
Um, and I think if Luke is healthy, I think they would win that. Dallas, yeah. So Dallas has that seventh seed. And then I think uh, it really depends I think on you... LeBron's health because uh, I think I don't think the the Wolves have what it takes. No, I think if LeBron comes back, um, and we see a healthy LeBron with a healthy AD and all the new weapons they've added to this this roster, which you know they they've been playing pretty good, six and four in the last ten. Um, I I think I'd probably pencil in the Lakers probably as that eight seed as of right now. Yeah, I probably agree with that. I've depends on how how healthy LeBron comes back. If, if he doesn't come back healthy, then I put the, the Warriors. But right, right now we're just we're guessing at at what's going to happen because um, I mean we don't know what's going to go down in these last you know couple weeks, two you know two to three weeks. So, um, but it's just it's a fun thing to kind of go over and see if we can guess them right. You know. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I feel like if, if OKC doesn't make it straight out, they're not going to make it. Oh, yeah, that, I feel the same way. That That's why I feel like with that easy schedule and, and how things are looking, like why not shoot for that sixth seed and try to get it so that you don't have to play like a healthy Lakers team or maybe a healthy Golden State team that maybe gets Wiggins back. Um you know, I mean, there's a lot of what ifs, especially if, if yeah. I mean, I just wouldn't feel comfortable with picking OKC to make it into that seven or eight seed if, you know, the Lakers, Golden State gets healthy. Even like you could possibly see like a team like the Pelicans or Utah gets healthy. Um, I don't know if I would take OKC over them, but yeah, yeah it's tough. Maybe, I mean, I kind of feel the same way about the Wolves, too. I mean, like, they're about to beat the Knicks True. tonight. Um, Are they going to? So, if they could, yeah, they're up by six with a minute 30. So, I mean, not for sure, but looking like it. Torian and Prince going off. He got 33 points. Jeez. Um, but this would be a big win for us um, if we could pull this out here. No ant, no towns on the road. Yeah, I mean that'd be a nice one. I'm trying to I'm trying to bring up bring up the game right now. Um, yeah, 53 seconds left with up six. Holy shit! Yeah, so I, I was watching it, I was trying to keep a close eye on it because I saw Julius Randall had a career high 52 points going into the fourth quarter. Uh, as of right now, he has 54. So, um, I just don't know how you put up 52 and three quarters and then decide to just take the fourth quarter off. Like, <laughs> he, I feel like he could have easily gotten 70 or something. And now they're going to lose with him putting up 54. <laughs> and then we got Mitchell Robinson who played 28 minutes and has zero points. I remember when Mitchell Robinson this year was talking about him being one of the best defensive centers in the league, which at the time seemed reasonable, but I mean, you can't put up zero points. Come on. I mean, Torian Prince, like you said, is having 
the game of his life. That might be a career high for Torian Prince, 33. 11 of 12 eight from the eight field, from 8 of 8 from 3. That's incredible. Jesus. You can't play much better than that. <laughs> no. And just like that, the Wolves will pick up a, a game, you know? So that breaks or brings them what? Tied for OKC, tied with OKC for that eight spot. Yeah, and, and I'm not another res- do we have the result too is uh, Chicago beat Philly in double overtime. So like that was kind of what I was talking about before with the Cavs. Wow. Like you just really never know us. Like Chicago is definitely like fighting for their playoff life. So they're definitely not a give me team right now. Right. I mean, they've actually just been balling too. Like DeRozan's been doing pretty good. Yeah, you remember like a couple weeks ago when you were talking a lot of shit about Chicago and saying how you're counting them out and you don't think they're they're going to be anything. I mean, granted they still probably won't be anything in the playoffs. But yeah, I mean, I mean they're a playoff I still team stand now. by the pl- the playoffs. Uh, I think it's a different story, but they are definitely playing way better than they had been playing. Um, yeah, it's nice to actually see Vooch doing playing to his capability. I feel like he'd been playing bad all year up until yeah, late. and I don't. Yeah, I mean they're playing really great. I mean, just to make the ten seed right now, I mean they're a game behind Toronto, game and a half behind Atlanta. But I mean, if I'm Milwaukee or Philly, the only team that I'm probably like a little bit worried about playing first round is probably Miami out of those four, would you say? Yeah. Or is there another team that you might be... I'd be worried about playing Atlanta. Or not Atlanta, uh, Miami. Yeah. I I mean, Toronto's uh, got good defense, but I I don't think I'm really scared of playing Toronto, just from what they've shown me all year. Yeah, I'd probably be more scared to play the Bulls than Toronto, honestly. Wow. Really? Yeah, I, I think know, I'm just not. Dude, I, I feel like Chicago, I'm not worried about their defense at all. I feel like I can score. If I'm one of these top teams in the East, I feel like I can score on Chicago anytime I want. Toronto at least can, you know, bring in Jakob Pertl and all the defensive versatility that they have in Pascal, Scotty Barnes, OG, um, some of those players, like, Name a great defender on Chicago. I mean, you could say Caruso, but... Patrick Williams? I mean, yeah, he's... But he's not... I wouldn't compare it. You think those players are better than the defenders that I named? In Pascal, OG? Toronto's probably better. I I just feel like the offense is better on the Bulls. More consistent. Yeah, they'll, they'll have to outscore one of those top teams to even have a chance at possibly stealing a game or two. But, um, yeah, it does seem like Pat Bev's made a difference though. Just like, he's not even like that much, like from a stat wise, he's just a pit bull out there and he just annoys the heck out of other players and it kind of gets them off their rhythm. Um, how we even saw that in the, the T wolves game. Like he's, He's just out there to just annoy the shit out of the other team, and and it definitely does work sometimes. Like he's pretty yeah. good at that, and it, and he doesn't care if he makes himself look like a fool sometimes by like doing something like 
he'll still get up with the same intensity the next play, which is, I mean, you kind of need that sometimes. Like, True. Dude, I, I absolutely love how, like, I'll always have, like, an outline of what I'm trying to go through as we, as we do this podcast. And <laughs> obviously we, we were trying to start with the West and then go to the East. Or start with the East and then go to the West. And then we... You know, as soon as we started doing the West, we end up going back to the East because I mean, <laughs> it's, it's just East. funny the way that we kind of just organize this. But, um, you know, sometimes sometimes podcast episodes are a little bit sporadic. You just got to live with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You hear that, fans? Just live with it. Just go with the flow. <laughs> but, uh yeah, I, th- I think that's going to pretty much cap off kind of our playoff um, standings, possibility, possibility matchups. Uh, we went through some schedules um, with some of those teams that are kind of competing for, for spots. Um, when we come back from the break, though, we're going to go over the tournament and go over some of the top players that we've seen in the tournament, go over the top teams that have made it, uh, bring up some of the ridiculous upsets that we've seen in the tournament already um and then after that we will get into some fantasy basketball talk talk about second round if you're not in the second round you're probably in your championship game so we'll definitely get into that uh on the other end of the break Welcome back, guys. Uh, we're going to go over just the NCAA bracket. I know I mean, me and Matt, our brackets are absolutely busted. Um, I'd say the worst one I've seen so far has been Charles Barkley's bracket. Did you see him, like, axing out every single pick that he had on the live show for, I think it was CBS? Who was doing that? Charles Barkley. Oh, Barkley was? No, I didn't, yeah. didn't catch that. I think the only side that he had correct was maybe his west side. I think. Yeah, but it was it was bad. But um jumping into the the tournament though, I mean even though every bracket is busted, no better time to talk about some of these upsets that we've had um since it started. I mean ones that come to mind right now I mean you got talked about Princeton beating Arizona which was a huge upset um not only did they beat Arizona but they went on and beat Missouri as well uh they'll take in take on Creighton in the Sweet 16 which I believe starts on Thursday um and then the the first one seat getting bounced Purdue uh, by Fair Fairley Dickinson. <laughs> I mean, I don't even think they they didn't even win their conference, did they? The, the team that won their conference, I think, has like a they had like some like scandal where they're even if they win the their tournament, they still can't make it for the next like three years or so because it was either something with one of their players and coaches that uh, I can't remember, but um, that was the only way that fairly made it in. 
or I should just say FDU. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. <laughs> but I mean, they shouldn't even be in the bracket to be to start off with. Yeah, they they definitely made it count though. Um, that was actually mm-hmm. a, a pretty great game too. They they had it was the perfect brewing for an upset because you you keep it close all game long with a, a number one seed. Um, they're even leading for most of the game, but just keeping it close and then uh, puts more and more pressure on that one seed. The the closer it stays, the longer into the game it goes, and then eventually uh, it just gets to a point where Purdue is shooting all bricks. Um, literally, I had to take cover in my living room. They were shooting so many bricks. Uh, Purdue was. Yeah, but you can't <laughs> but, you can't blame it on Zach Eady though. Like he still played pretty uh 21 points 15 boards i'm looking at no i mean i blame it on coaching honestly because no he didn't even touch the or he only had one shot in the last 12 minutes that's ridiculous yeah Yeah. i'm looking at fdu's lineup they have zero centers on their team (laughs) four forwards i know and they said i mean they were just a small lineup was like six foot one (laughs) oh my goodness I mean, they, they played quick, though. I mean, once they got rebounds, they were on the fast break uh, trying to get easy points. And honestly, I, I'm just shocked that Purdue didn't score, like, 100 points against FDU. I mean, there's no reason they should have scored 58 in that game. Yeah, I mean, they just weren't hitting shots. They were just turning it over left and right. I think their point guard had the most turnovers of his entire career in, the, in that game with seven, um, which is... Yeah, what's his Pretty name? Pretty awful for a point guard. Um, can't remember it off the top of my head. I don't have the box score pulled up. Braden He's Smith? three, maybe, or... Yeah, Braden Smith. Yeah, Braden Smith. Then you have seven turnovers. Um, yeah. Yep, seven turnovers. It's rough. Two steals, though. I mean, that's... Kind of brings it back to normal, right? Yeah, minus five. Not really, not really when you <laughs> lose. But I mean, looking at some other teams that had upsets in the tournament, um, I know a lot of people had USC going over Michigan State. I know that's not an upset, but uh, Michigan State's now in the Sweet Sixteen after beating Marquette, which I had Marquette go into my Final Four. So that was a big shock to me to see um, a team that Adams you know, really familiar with in Michigan State, who he loves. Uh, it's tough to see Michigan State um, back in the Sweet 16, but uh, they got a great coach. And, um, oh, shit, what's his name? Uh, Tom Izzo. He just Tom Izzo. Year after year, he just carries the Big Ten in the tournament. Yeah. Uh, they're so lucky that <laughs> Izzo's teams actually perform in the tournament. I know. I feel like when they're like a – uh, like a low seed, like a one, two, or a three, like everybody hates them. But when they're like a six or above, like everybody's like, oh, I'll pick them because it's Tom Izzo. But um, it's interesting to see Michigan State back in there. I I thought I had them going past the first round, past USC, but I thought Marquette with their nine-game win streak heading into the tournament and how consistent their guards were. Granted, Michigan State has two good guards of their own, which I think kind of offset it a little bit. And uh, that's why we're seeing Michigan State in there. But um, 
going back through some of the upsets, I mean, did we, I mean, I didn't see Pittsburgh, you know, they had to win to get in. They were the last four, one of the last four in, weren't they? So, yeah, I mean, they absolutely killed Iowa State, 59-41. Didn't see that coming. Uh, Kennesaw State gave Xavier a little bit of a, a little bit, you know, scare. Um, yeah, yeah, they were just, a fun uh, team to watch. Kennesaw State. I don't know if you saw the, that Pittsburgh game that they got off to a, a twenty-two to two start against Iowa State. That's just yeah, unreal. Yeah. <laughs> Iowa State came back too. They were, I think, they were only down by like two or four at at getting close to halftime, and then. Um, Looks like Pittsburgh just picked up where they were, but they ended up losing to Xavier in the round of 32, which put Xavier up against Texas in the Midwest division. Um, another upset, we saw Penn State knocking off Texas A&M. Um, couldn't quite get back past Texas in the second round. I think... Was do we have? I think that was it for upsets in the first round. Oh yeah, and then uh, Furman beat Virginia. Oh yeah, Furman was other other big one in that South Division tournament. Yeah, I mean I'm fine with that because I had Virginia losing second round to San Diego State anyways, which um will be interesting. I mean, looking at your Sweet 16, as of now, you have, in the South Division, you have Alabama, the n- number one seed, going up against the number five seed, San Diego State. I think that'll be a possible upset matchup for Alabama. I think um, if they can make it past San Diego State, you know, possibly you're worried about that next matchup with Creighton, but you can't you can't throw out the underdog story of Princeton. Um if Princeton can get it done against Creighton, uh, that would make for a great story for a, a great Elite Eight possibility in that South region. Um, looking at the East, FAU made it all the way to the Sweet 16, playing against Tennessee. Um, Matt, do you think they're making it past Tennessee? I, I love what I've seen out of Tennessee, especially beating Duke, who I thought was going to make it to possible Elite Eight appearance. Um. I think there there's definitely a chance. I mean, Tennessee's they don't even have their best player, which is kind of why I thought Duke would be able to beat them. But uh, they just were super physical with Duke, and um, FAU is going to have to match that physicality if they're going to have a chance in this game. Um, I'd probably lean towards Tennessee, but it'd be uh, it'd be interesting. I think I kind of f- feel like Michigan State is just that. Teams that's going to sneak out of this region now somehow. Yeah, I know. I think I heard a quote from FAU's coach um, with the Tennessee uh, defense and how physical they are. He made a quote about um, something about like we're going to have to treat this game like a rugby match. I mean, we're going to have to <laughs> bring some physical physicality to this Tennessee squad if we want to compete with them. Which, I mean. In that quote, it was it was pretty comical to, to listen to, but it's also truth, truthful as well. I mean, Tennessee's got a lot of great players on their team, possibly one or two that might end up in the draft this, this next coming year. Um, 
I, I just don't see them being beaten Tennessee. I mean, it's a great store for FAU if they can possibly make a pass, but even if they do, playing against you know that those other two teams in that Eastern East uh, Division in Kansas State, Michigan State, do they make it past those two? Probably. I mean, I probably wouldn't bet on it, but we've already seen in this tournament that anything can happen. Anything's possible. <laughs> That's true. Tennessee did have a close one in their first game against Louisiana, so it's more. Right. They need to be able to score points. They've the most they've scored is sixty-five, so. They can play defense and limit the other team's points. Uh, I could see it being a tough game for FAU, but if FAU is able to score and match that physicality, then the volunteers might be voluntarily going home. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. But that was a great point. Like, you know, Tennessee did have that close call with Louisiana. Like, if they take it easy or don't treat FAU as a Sweet 16 opponent, then you could see Tennessee get down early and maybe it's too much to overcome later in the game. Um, So that'll be a good game to kind of keep an eye out for. Um, Kansas State, Michigan State, I mentioned that a little bit earlier. Um, I know my brother Adam, as you guys have heard on the podcast, uh, is a big Michigan State fan, um, as is he a Pittsburgh fan. Uh, If you ask me the question, why is he a Michigan State fan and a Pittsburgh fan, even though he lives in Minnesota, you're asking the wrong guy. I have no idea why he, he's a big fan of those two teams. But um, in that matchup, Matt, who do you see winning? I, I'd probably go with Kansas State. I, I love what Kansas State did. I actually had Ken, or Kentucky get into the Sweet 16 over Kansas State. Uh, and Kansas State kind of, you know, kind of rolled a little bit with that game with Kentucky coming back a little bit later, uh, making it a little bit closer down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, Kansas State definitely looked really good against Kentucky. Um, I think the thing about Michigan State is they have a very experienced team. Um, I would say they have a better coach, too. Um, More experience in in that situation. So I think that always gives you a chance, too. Um, Marquette was definitely not any team to take lightly, either. They were a solid team. I just think that Michigan State, they have some uh, guys that are upperclassmen like Hauser and Hogard um, who could really help lift this uh, Michigan State Spartan team to the, probably to the Final Four, honestly, at this point, since other teams got upset. Um, I know we'll probably Question look back on this podcast and they'll get their butts kicked by Kansas State, but. <laughs> probably. Question for you. Um, is that Hauser, dude? Is that. Um, is that Sam Hauser's brother on Boston Celtics by chance? Um, I have no idea because he's, I mean, he's a senior at, um, where did he, Sam Hauser go to college? Well, let's do a little quick research right now. It definitely could be though. Sam Hauser went. Yeah, it's he went to Marquette. Brother. It's his brother. It, yeah, it's his brother Joey. What? That, that's that's incredible. So Sam Hauser on the Boston Celtics played at Marquette, 
his brother on Michigan State just beat Marquette. <laughs> that's that's crazy coincidence. Well, it, yeah, I mean, it's what's even funnier about it too is that Joey used to play on Marquette too with his brother. So it was kind of a, wow. a nice uh, redemption there. Jeez, I, I wonder if the committee or committee had this planned out from the get go. <laughs> they, they probably probably, did. probably not, but <laughs> you, you know they're always you up never to know. games, <laughs> right? And then um, going into the Midwest and West divisions, which I would guess you know probably. I mean, you could say probably like 60% of brackets had the Midwest and the West division pretty much locked down. I mean, looking at the Midwest and West, the only team that I didn't have getting in was Arkansas or Arkansas, you could say, over Kansas. Um, But Midwest, you got the number one seed, Houston, against number five, Miami, which uh, was a good game. With um, with Charles Barkley's Auburn team absolutely getting destroyed by Houston in that second half, they played well in the first half. But um, I was watching live, and you know I was a little worried Houston was going to lose. I know you were too, because I think you have Houston winning in your bracket. Um, but they absolutely destroyed Houston that final like eight minutes of that second half. Yeah, it was definitely a scare, but Houston's defense is uh, really solid. They're probably one of the the best defense teams in the country, if not the best. Um, So I I think they could definitely get past Miami. I know uh, Isaiah Wong's a pretty good point guard for Miami, but I think overall Houston's a better team. Yeah, I I totally agree. I mean, Traymond Mark, the guard from Houston – I mean, on this season, he was averaging 10 points per game. Put up 26 against Auburn, which was much needed. Um, Houston is going to have a tough tough matchup against that Miami squad. I like what Miami's doing. Um, the other team, in, or other two teams in the Midwest, Xavier, the three Midwest. seed, Texas, the two seed, <laughs> Midwest, and uh got that minnesota accent (laughs) but um out of these two teams xavier texas which team do you have going forward personally i got personally i I got them longhorns i think i think they're um experienced team and i just think they're the better team between the two um and i have them so i hope they win (laughs) Right. I I think they've played pretty consistent through I mean beating Colgate 15 seed by 20 points. Beating a, a solid Big 10 opponent in Penn State as a very underrated 10 seed. Um I don't think Xavier's really had to go through that much. I mean they had that scare with Kansas State. Pittsburgh kind of gave them a scare. They ended up running away with it by 11 points at the end of that, but um we saw in in the, in the conference games, you know, Marquette beat Xavier two out of three times. Um, I feel like this is one of those those times where Texas is just a better team than Xavier and will probably meet up with Houston in that Elite Eight. 
Um, moving on to the West, Arkansas against UConn. You got Gonzaga against UCLA. Matt, who's going to your Elite Eight in this uh, West division? Uh, you know, I, I kind of feel like Arkansas is going to the Elite Eight. Um, wow. I think. I, I mean, disagree they got, totally. They got four uh, NBA pro- top 50 NBA prospects on their team. Um, led by Anthony Black, who's a top 10 prospect. Um, so the, right, right. they really got all the experience, or not the experience, but the, the talent they need. Um, they're led by uh, Coach Musselman, who celebrated with his shirt off after the, the big win over Kansas. Um, he's led him to oh, the, the last name the like past. that, you have to. Yeah, he's led him to the lead eight the past two years in a row. So I think they're, they're going to go to their 30 lead eight in a row. Um, he just uh, he gets the best out of them. They're just dogs out there, um, or hogs, I should say. <laughs> but yeah. they, it's a good they just do a good job of uh, raising the tempo and putting pressure on other teams. Um, sometimes that can be too much for teams. Yeah, I honestly think this might be the best uh, Sweet 16 matchup out of all the ones that we've mentioned. Um, UConn's had a difficult route. Uh, playing against, um, oh, who was the coach for Iona? Who, uh, oh, Rich Patino. Yeah. Pitino. Rick Patino, who's now going to be the new head coach of St. John's, which I, I'm sure if you're a St. John's fan, you're super excited about that. Bringing in the, um, great coach that Rick Patino is, um, you know, going through an Iona team pretty handedly and then playing the St. Mary's team, beating them by 15. Uh, they've had blowouts their first two rounds of this this tournament. Good sign for UConn, uh, but Kansas is not a joke either. I mean, be- beating Illinois, who I know a lot of people had Illinois, the ninth seed, possibly being an upset candidate against Arkansas, the eighth seed. That wasn't an issue. They won by 10 there and then beaten, you know, a neighbor in Kansas by uh, one point. I think it's going to be a good series between these two. And then moving on to the the other, the last game in the Western uh, division, Gonzaga and UCLA. Um, UCLA, I, I believe the UCLA has some injuries. On their squad. Yeah, they do. Uh, their best defense players out, but I cannot wait for this game. I think this is going to be the best game of the weekend or of the Sweet 16. Uh, a rematch between UCLA Gonzaga. We know how that ended last time with uh, Jalen Suggs' prayer. Um, right. To break their hearts, but um, <laughs> I think this is going to be a good game. Uh, Definitely a big game for both programs, too, because um, they're both looking for a NCAA tournament title. Right. So we kind of just went through a lot of, you know, catching up on the March Madness um, showdown um, all the way up to the Sweet 16. Matt, let's just do a quick run through of who we think is going to, you know, possibly make it to that championship game and possibly be the champion. Um Starting from the top, Alabama, San Diego State. We go with Alabama winning that one, or do you think an upset of San Diego State is possible? 
Uh, I'm going to roll, go roll tide on this one. Yeah, I agree. Creighton, Princeton. I think this is where the Princeton story probably comes to an end. I love a lot of the prospects that Creighton has on their team. Uh, I think, you know, preseason AP polls, they were, I think they were a top five seed coming into the year. Uh, they had a rough start to the season and then came on second half and, I believe we're on a nine-game win streak along with Duke and Marquette. Granted, they are the only um, team that was on that uh, nine-game win streak that is still in the tournament. I think they move on here. Do you agree? Yeah, I agree with that. Creighton definitely looks like the better team. Um, Even though Princeton's been a Cinderella story, I think all Cinderella stories got to come to an end at some point. (laughs) Right. Tennessee, FAU. We go in Tennessee here. I like I like their defense and physicality they bring. Ah, uh, yeah, I'll go Tennessee here. I think they're definitely a really physical team. I think they've had some tournament experience too. Right. Kansas State, Michigan State. I honestly think Michigan State, Tom Izzo, the experience they have, get it done against Kansas State. Personally, I agree with that. I think. Uh... They have some veterans on that roster that uh, that will help get it done. Even though no knock against Kansas State though, because they're a pretty solid team. But right, we'll that'll go be a Sparty good. here. Let's do it. Houston, Miami. Um, God, as much as I want to go with, I know as much as I want to go with Miami, I I want to see Houston get to that Final Four and possibly a championship berth, but. Um, yeah, we're going Houston here and then Xavier, Texas. Uh, I think we kind of made our pick as we were talking about them a little bit, but I think Texas is probably going to win this game. Yeah, I want the, the battle of Texas in the lead eight. Right. Um, last two, Arkansas, UConn. You said you probably have Arkansas winning. I'm going to go differently on that, but I'm going to go UConn. Um. That's going to be a tough game, I think. Same with the the game below with Gonzaga and UCLA, but Yeah. You really I mean I mean I could see Arkansas really winning, th- honestly. I mean, Arkansas has got two top 15 draft prospects on their team, so I think they have all the talent in the world to to go far. Right. Um Gonzaga UCLA. I got Gonzaga going. I'm going to say UCLA gets the revenge, takes down the zag. Okay, okay. I mean, yeah, that's going to be a tough Western Conference, but um, or Western Division. Um, I think we'll end it right there, going to the Elite Eight. We'll probably have another podcast, talk about the Elite Eight Final Four Championship. Uh, we'll have that episode coming out on Friday. Um, before we leave, though, We're going to take one more quick break and then talk about some fantasy stuff um, and then end the podcast. So we'll be right back. Welcome back. Um, Fantasy basketball. Most of you guys are probably in second round matchups or you're in your championship finals. Um, Personally here with us, we are in our finals. Matt, me and you, two best records heading into playoffs. Both had bye weeks. Unfortunately, we both lost. 
our second round matchups. <laughs> um, yours was a little bit more anticlimactic than my, or mine was a little bit more anticlimactic than yours was. You were up by probably around like 150 points going into Sunday and ended up losing at my brother, Adam. <laughs> and then I was, I think I was winning going into Wednesday. Uh, had too many injuries dealing with DeAndre Ayton, Anthony Edwards, Bron James, Kawhi Leonard sitting out, Devin Vassell sitting out. I could go on and on about my team and how many injuries that I've had to go through, but um, tough loss for you, Matt. Yeah, it was definitely a tough loss. Um, definitely caught a little bit of the injury bug myself throughout the year. Um, obviously, Katie got hurt. Um, Devin Vassell used to be on my team. Ben Simmons doesn't play basketball anymore. Um, a few others, like Colin Sexton at one point, he doesn't play anymore either. Um, but overall, I mean, I, I, I tried to fight my hardest a little bit. Um, but in the end, uh, Adam's team had no injuries. Um, he did have Harden set out a game, which was unfortunate for him. But, you know what? Really, a fantasy basketball definitely like boils down to injuries for a lot of it. Um, not all the time, but that's definitely helpful. I know if if you had LeBron and uh, Ant, it probably would have been a different story for you as well. Um, right. But there's nothing you can do about injuries. I think it's been a fun year. Kind of sucks to have the better records, uh, but then lose. But it was a good year. You know, personally, I don't really care too much about. I mean, the money. The money is a plus, but the main thing that I was looking forward to is, is winning that that fantasy basketball trophy that, that we got going. Um, and to know that I'm not going to win it this year and not going to be able to show it off on the podcast, um, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a little tough, a little, little bittersweet. Um, and then looking at the championship game between. Um, you know, the team I lost to is currently winning by what over a hundred points. And, um, right now in the third place game in our matchup, I mean, you see it already. I'm dealing with injuries. I only had three players play. You had, what'd you have like six and they all kind of went off. Yeah. You're up. So Matt's up two forty five to 81 on me going into, <laughs> going into Tuesday, which um, so it's a nice tough. start. It's a, it's a good start for you. It definitely is. It definitely is. But um, as you guys are hearing this on Tuesday, uh, we kind of want to go through some of the, you know, a few tips that we've mentioned in previous podcasts in case you guys haven't heard them. Uh, we want to make sure you guys are up to date on some of the things you got to look forward to, uh, whether you're going for that third place to get either your money back in some leagues or maybe get a little bit of, you know, extra cash for that third place game. Or if you're in that championship game looking for some good prize money for that first or second spot. Um, so going through the week, I mean, there's three teams that I'm looking at. If I have any role players that aren't really, you know, necessarily needed. Um, these three teams only play two, t- two games this week. That's the Denver Nuggets, Detroit Pistons, and Miami Heat. Um, Matt, I know you got um, Kyle Lowry on your team right now. 
Um, I did. I said Asalabista. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, if you have Kyle Lowry, probably drop him because he doesn't play until, is it Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday. And then he doesn't play until Saturday. So Wednesday and Saturday. Um, Drops him for Chris Dunn, and Chris Dunn's got 37 right now. Yeah, and if you guys heard our la- or our, our previous podcast of um, Chris Dunn used to be on my team. I ended up dropping him, picking up somebody else because I need the extra help. Um, and it's coming back to bite me right now. But um, Detroit Pistons, I mean, maybe if you have James Wiseman, you probably hold on to him. You could maybe stream somebody like Roddy McGruder who's been playing well. Um, maybe Corey Joseph. Yeah, I've tried that. It doesn't Actually, work. I mean, the Pistons only have two games though this week, right? Right, two games. So don't don't stream so, any I mean, Detroit Pistons players unless you honestly need one on Saturday or Friday. Did they play today? Play. No, they play, they play tomorrow. tomorrow. Yep. Yeah, I mean, after tomorrow, you could probably drop any Pistons player just because. They have one game in five days. Right. And then, I mean, if you made it to your championship game and you have Nicole Jokic, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., uh, one of those three, it's going to be tough for you to possibly win your championship matchup just because the one game you have to look forward to is that Washington game on Wednesday. That's a game where you could expect you know, a lot of points to be scored. Their next game and last game is going to be on Saturday against a strong defensive team in Milwaukee. So, um, personally, if, if I don't have any of those three, I'm dropping any Denver Nuggets players as well. Um, looking at some of the possible streaming options teams-wise, um, looks like there is a good amount of teams that are playing four games i believe 15 teams out of the possible 30 so half the league is uh playing four games um some of those notable teams i mean we're we're on to tuesday so if you're looking through tuesday matchups atlanta hawks have back-to-back on tuesday and wednesday against detroit and minnesota definitely games you can put up a lot of points they also play on saturday and sunday against indiana and memphis also, two struggling defensive teams. Maybe not so much Indiana, but they've been struggling as well. Um, looking at some of the other teams going on, I mean, there's not a lot of games on Tuesday besides maybe OKC, maybe Clippers, Boston. Uh, Pelicans play the Spurs, so... Somebody like Valanchunas, who I dropped in my league because I had a maximum of four spots for my center position. Uh, unfortunately, I had to drop Valanchunas, who ended up having a great game on Sunday to beat me in my matchup. So <laughs> that was lovely. Um, Matt, do you have any uh, streaming options that that you're thinking about doing to, to end up taking third place against me this week? Um, I'd say just... One day to maybe be looking out for would be like Thursday, just because that, that's a game with or a day with only four games. So maybe just 
look ahead and try to keep people in mind for that day. Um, like I only have two people playing that day. So um, if you need the extra guy, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to even need it. I'm up by almost 200 points. So we'll, well I'm see. A, I'm going to need it though. So, I mean, thanks for giving me that advice. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you can find somebody from those teams, I think maybe you probably find some magic players. Um, magic play that day. I, I got two magic find... players. Do you have magic players? Well, that might be your yeah, day got, to catch up. I got Cole then. Anthony and, Win- and um, Wendell. The Hornets play that day. I, I know uh, Mark Williams Gordon will probably Hayward still be out. Just so. picked him up. Richards could be an option. Also, uh, Dennis Smith could be an option that day. Um, maybe right. Thunder could be an option. I think you have Shea, so you, you might actually might have a lot of players playing that day. But that's probably going to be the hardest day for like most teams because uh, most teams probably don't have a ton of players that night. Um, right. But, yeah. Other than that, I mean... Pers- I, I mean Personally, I just, I think I might just be, I, I I was just going to say, I I think I'll just, I might just be nice to you and let you win the third place game. Oh yeah. You know, just to be, you know, just to show my thanks for on this one year anniversary, how much work and effort you've put into the podcast, just to, just to show my thanks. It's not because like, you know, because obviously my team would, you know, beat you if I was actually trying, (laughs) but, (laughs) but, uh. No, I mean, in, in serious, I mean, you're probably going to be up by 200 points after today. Anytime you're down by 200 points in fantasy basketball, it's always tough to come back. Um, yeah, unless you you're know, Adam. Maybe I can, unless you're Adam, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but those are just some of the tips that we want to give you guys. Um, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Again, we want to thank you guys from the bottom of our hearts. Uh, we couldn't have done this without you guys. Um, there's been a lot of effort, a lot of work put into this to try to help out, you know, push our kind of our narrative of what we want to get out for NBA news and content. Um, and, you know, we're not saying that we're necessarily, you know, happy with I shouldn't say happy, but content with how all of our episodes have gone because we're still working towards it as well. And uh, I think speaking for me and Matt, I think we're really hopeful for um, the next, you know, one, two, five, how many years we have left for this podcast platform to kind of grow it and and show what we can do with it to promote NBA news, NBA content um, in a different way than you're probably used to. and that's that's really our goal is to just um, promote the NBA, promote the players in it, promote the league, and um, it's something that we've been passionate from, you know, day one. Um, and you, you probably heard it in my intro uh, earlier today, but um, truly are blessed to to not only have, have both of us played this sport, but um, just watching the great content and the NBA and. And all the special talent that we get to watch on a on a nightly basis during uh, the NBA season. Um, Matt, is there anything you want to say before we close out? Uh, no, I mean just that kind of like you said. You know, like there's obviously going to be some like learning curve for us as well. Um, so kind of just keep bear, bearing with it or sticking with us. Just uh, 
do you have any advice just uh you know obviously like message us on any social media or email us um for any advice or suggestions um you know we're learning too we're not we're not draymond we don't have a perfect podcast from the get-go but <laughs> we're, we're I working think on he had it. a perfect podcast <laughs> nah, i'm just giving him crap but yeah, yeah. um you know i think the more you do it the the better you get so we're gonna keep sticking to it and hopefully the longer we do it the more polished it becomes that's the goal hunt have said it better um, from us here at Shot the Side, make sure to follow us on any social media platforms. Hook it up at Shot the Side. Um, send us some, you know, comments, concerns, questions, whatever you want to send to our Gmail account at shotsaside at gmail.com. Um, hopefully we're going to have some YouTube stuff coming out. I know we've been talking about it a lot lately, but um, it takes a lot of effort, a lot of time edit youtube videos and and we're I'm, I'm truly trying to work on it the best i can hopefully we're going to have one coming out this week tiktok got some good stuff coming on up on tiktok we'll have our top five players of all time from the shot side crew um so stay tuned for that um and like always from the shot side crew here peace out peace that was the longest piece I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it's very hippie. A little bit, a little bit. I mean, you got the hat to match it too. <laughs> Just the beat.